exorcisms and riots next on the Midweek Move. Hey there, everyone. It is so good to have you with us today as we just hang out. We dig into the Word of God. We make a move. You hear us say this all the time. Moments create movement. And every single moment that God gives us, uh, there is a desire that we need to have in our hearts to make a move. Let's do something with that Word. And that's what Midweek Move is all about. Man, let's get into the Word of God and then let's grow. Let's stretch. Let's Take the next step. Let's get a little bit deeper into what God is doing and what God is saying. And we say this all the time, but thank you for welcoming us to wherever you are today. Listen, yes, we're doing the midweek move, and you may be listening to this on audio. You may be video, whatever it is, but guess what? I didn't necessarily invite you here. You invited us to wherever you are by clicking whatever button it was, whatever you used, you invited us to you. And we want to say thank you so much for doing that. And thank you for wanting to grow in Jesus. Now, today, guys, we are in Acts chapter 19. I got a super special guest today, uh, a a friend of mine. We've developed a pretty cool relationship over the last couple of years. And actually, it deepened through COVID, uh, which was really cool. And uh, so today is with me. And we're not going to give a bunch of titles and all that stuff, but this is just a really good friend of mine, man. This dude loves Jesus with everything he's got. And man, he really is a servant to all. And that's what I love about him. So today, Den Hussey is with me. How you doing, man? Man, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here and to be a part of uh, Midweek Move, man. That's just a fun, fun title, a fun conversation. And, you know, on the way here, you said something a minute ago. And on the way here, I just thought, uh, I said, Lord, let me say the right things today. And the Lord just stopped me. Midstream, I was—I probably wasn't even in Alexandria yet, and he said, uh, "Man, don't don't think about what you're going to say. Think about what you're going to hear yeah. today. Think yeah. about what you're going to learn today." And one of the one of the practices that I've built in my life is this: is that idea of next steps. Is just wherever I'm at today, let's take a step and let's take a step. In my mind, uh, almost every day, that's toward Jesus. Yep. Take a step toward Him. So today, I'm excited to take a step with you as we get to talk about moving forward with with everybody else. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. All right, Acts chapter 19. If you guys have been following along, man, we have been in and out. We've been, uh, Holy Spirit's been poured out. People have been in jail. They've been let out. They've been, angels have shown up, all manner of things, people being healed, people being saved, Jews, Greeks, it's all going on. And kind of where we left this last time with this guy, Apollos, this this charismatic speaker guy, he's very learned, but he uh, he came uh, into an encounter with Aquila and Priscilla, and they kind of teach him a more excellent way. And basically it's, hey, you, you've got a message, but where's the power? And mm. so they kind of lead him into this place. So Acts chapter 19 says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. So it brings it back with Apollos at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, when we say this question today, it may not seem mm-hmm. like a big deal, but this is a huge, this is a massive deal because of what they're about to say, because they say this, they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Mm. So you've got this whole crew of people who, like, they don't even know what's going on. They haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. And so Paul says to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Very normal. John was a forerunner. He was baptizing in water. 
Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So Paul comes into Ephesus. Apollos is there. He's heard about a more excellent way. He's heard about the Holy Spirit. Now, for some of you, Holy Spirit may be... Um, the Holy Spirit may be a weird conversation for you. For some of you, the Holy Spirit, maybe you've been taught that the Holy Spirit was it rather than him. Mm. And what we want to kind of bring out of the clouds or out of the mist today is that the Holy Spirit is not it. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. The Holy Spirit, it, the Holy Spirit is him, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Can Absolutely. live in you, and the Holy Spirit's not some weird topic that we just talk about. And so, we don't know. Uh, all they say is we don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. Mm. But yet, in the midst of this context, as they're being kind of taking that next step, they're being brought this next step, making a move, and then Paul lays hands on them, and the Holy Spirit comes on, and they speak with tongues and they prophesy. So we got all this going on, Dan. Do you have any thoughts in these first just six verses? You know, the only thing I would um, just like to point out is we, we have the benefit of hindsight. And yeah, yeah, we yeah. have the benefit of the New Testament. That's so right. when we read that and we read the Word of God, we get to see the whole picture. Man, they didn't have the whole picture. They, <laughs> right. they didn't have really any of the picture yet That's at this right. point. They didn't have any of the New Testament written down by the time they were talking about this. And so you're, you're hearing what there, there was such an it would have been so easy for this thing they called the way yep. to have taken a turn and gone the wrong way. Yep. And so it's so amazing to me how God orchestrated the, the level of increase in learning as people were ready. Yep. And so Apollos comes and he says, man, let me tell you about this. And he was really a, a kind of grounded in the idea of repentance and what that meant and why they needed to be baptized that way. And Paul comes along. He doesn't contradict Apollos. He just says, hey, I'm another member of the team. Let me expand that for you. Yep. And they just believe that and move forward. And so I think it's so cool to watch how God just says, look, uh, I, I'm glad we have the word today because we can look at this and look at the whole big picture and we can go, oh, yeah, that's that's great. But for me, man, especially when I read Acts, I try to just put myself there and I yep. try to pull all of the knowledge that I think I might have about God out of my head and look at it the way they were looking at it. And so the genuineness of that question, man, or, or that statement, I should say, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. Yep. I think that's such it's still such an important question today because a lot of times we go, well, man, the Holy Spirit's this or that, or we may associate it with, man, there's the, like my first thought of the Holy Spirit was chandelier swinging and snake handling. Like that's what sure, I sure, thought. Sure, yeah. And 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 the bad news about that is I was in the car with a girl I was on a date with that went to that church. And when I said <laughs> that, we didn't have a second date. So you right. know, she was done. But but the, I don't know what your frame of the Holy Spirit is. But, uh, man, Pastor, what you said a minute ago, so big. He's a person. He's yep. real. You can have a friendship yep. with the Holy Spirit, not just empowering as somebody walking with you and, and exposing you to, to truth and enlightening your heart and, and showing you the way to walk, but you can have a friendship with a real person who's so close to God. I know you look and go, man, you guys are getting into sorcery yourselves here, but that's really not what's going on. We're talking about answering a genuine statement that says, man, we don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. That may be where you are. You know what? It's a fun place to live. 
is you can find in this book we're studying, you can find the answers to that, but you can also find the answers from people who have experienced it, walked ahead of you in the journey. And you know, really, that's what we're talking about here. Oh, yeah, Apollos. no doubt. Yeah. And one thing that we talk about all the time is when you read the Word of God, read it in real time. Mm. You know, especially... You know, I always say this with Acts 1. We read Acts 1, but we read it with the hindsight of Acts 2. So we know what's coming. That's right. They had no clue. No idea. They didn't know. They There was even a context. If you read uh, before Acts 1, there's a context of who is coming. Because everything that Jesus said about the one who was coming after him was he. Mm-hmm. He is coming. Yeah. So they're in the upper room thinking... Hey, some guy is going to come. Right. Right. Another guy is going to come walking through the wall like Jesus did, the resurrected Jesus, right? Who's this guy going to be? And they're there during a feast time, and there's tens of thousands of people everywhere. Who could this guy be? And all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, right? This mighty rushing wind. And so it's like, what is that? Well, they had no context. And so when we read Acts 1, if you read it in real time, that encourages you where you are because we don't have hindsight when we're praying, when mm. we're reading the word, oh, when so we're doing good. life. We don't have hindsight. That's why we need faith. So good. That's, That's why so we need good. faith. So if we can put ourselves in Acts 1 and go, man, they don't know if it's a person. They don't know when it's going to happen. Jesus just said, go to Jerusalem and wait. So they're there waiting. What do they do? Well, it's natural. We get to fulfill scripture. And I know we're kind of going back, but this has to do with right here. They put somebody in the place of Judas, and by doing it, they fulfill Mm. an ancient prophecy just in a simple decision. Right. No hindsight. They don't know what's coming. All they know is we have an opportunity to fulfill ancient prophecy. Here's a cool thing, is that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we fulfill ancient prophecy maybe every single day on the earth through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Through Him. And that's what they're about to find out. That's right. Is that what they're functioning in in real time is actually fulfilling ancient prophecies mm. that Jews and Greeks would have access to God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Powerful stuff. So good. And I also want to po- point out that it says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, there aren't a bunch of people around them that they would have the need to speak in the gift of tongues, mm-hmm. which is to the nations, which was Acts chapter 2, where they spoke in all those different tongues. So when you talk about Acts 19, this isn't the same exact thing that's going on in Acts 2, where they're speaking these languages from all these other nations. This is an outworking. This is an outworking of the Holy Spirit filling up their lives. Yeah, it's such an important distinction for you to make there as well, that there is a... There is a public gift of tongues that, that, that exists to encourage and uplift and to really convince. Uh, the Bible says convince unbelievers, people unbelievers. that are not connected, Absolutely. to convince them of the reality of the kingdom of God. But then yep. this, this moment here, uh, probably even to me looking at that, it's just as much for them as it was for anybody else because they're going, man, we've never had that happen before. Yep. But then I would guess this, that when they left, they would go, Man, we've never had this happen before. Yeah, because the power to live was there. It's about to be evident. Because it doesn't say that they're in this massive public gathering. It says he found some disciples. Man. And then what we also know in verse seven, it says there were about 12 in all. Yeah. So it's not like 
it's it's feast time. There are all these people from other nations speaking different languages. It's not that gift. This is an outworking immediately of the Holy Spirit filling them. Now, most of us within what we would call either our tribe or our surroundings have seen opportunities where maybe tongues was used as a gift, where it was where a tongue came forth and maybe someone from another nation was present in that meeting and they understood what was said. I had the benefit and the awe and just not even knowing what to say being in Moldova and knowing two men that I was praying for didn't speak English. They could only speak Russian because I'd spoken to them through an interpreter, but laid hands on them and they began to prophesy and to speak in English, perfect Mm. English, Psalm 150. Now that was in my own language and I'm sitting there going, what like, now that tongues is a is a manifestation and a gift but yet there is there is something else deeper that the holy spirit does a work that is so deep in us that bubbles out for us and i always say it this way people get so weirded out with tongues yeah. but my thing is if if your thought process is that god is the creator of the heavens and the earth couldn't you imagine that there are things that god does in your life that there are no English words to describe mm. what God is doing. So good. And and I'll let you move on because if we're not careful, we could talk about <laughs> this the whole day, I believe. But the, I'll say this one thing. The, the thing that strikes me the most when you say there are about 12 people there, there are 12 people there. God thinks a thought and speaks and the world comes into existence. That's God. Yep. I mean, this is a God who can create something out of nothing in any moment. And yet, through this story, it tells me he's so personal yep. that he's thinking about Scott and he's thinking about Dan. And he goes, I have, I have the ability to be both massive, big picture, but also intensely intimate. Yep. And that's just like that bears a whole conversation for a different day. Really yeah. Does. And it's just like when you come together for a worship gathering, God's got something to say to the whole. Mm-hmm. And then God's got something for every specific individual. And for that individual, it may be a song that is sung. For that individual, it may be a testimony that somebody gives. For that person, it may be a sermon. For this person, it may be a word or a prayer. But yet in all of that, that God is saying it to the whole, God has an opportunity to do something with every single individual if we will just be ready and expectant for that. And here's something that we didn't even bring up. They had to be open. Yeah. yeah. Like God's not going to overpower them and just do it. There right. had to be something deeper in them that said, hey, there's more. There's more. That same statement, we hadn't even heard there was a Holy Spirit. It, it comes at me from two directions. So one is just like they're they're going, wow, we didn't we didn't know about that. But then the other part of that is like, and we didn't know about that, but you could almost sense in them yep. that they're going, yeah, but if that's if you're telling the truth and they knew he was, well, yeah, yeah, give me some more of that. Tell me it about that. It goes back to Cornelius. That's right. Who's, who's a godly man, but yet he's like, wait a second. God speaks to him in a vision, maybe the first time in his life, and he's immediate. He goes, go get the guy. There's something else that we haven't heard about. Mm. Verse 7 says, Now there were about 12 in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrrhenius. 
And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Just a couple quick things that I want to hit on is that he went in the synagogue, he speaks boldly, he's reasoning, persuading, God's moving. Not everybody accepted it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody received it. Listen, we've we've had this conversation before in this midweek move that somehow we can think that every time we share something, man, it's just like for everybody. It's right. not for everybody. And it's not like when you go into Kroger, do I believe that God wants to use you prophetically? Absolutely. Does that mean for everybody? No. Jesus went to the pools. Jesus went to uh, the pool of Bethesda, and there was only one dude that he heals. It's not even, it's not recorded he heals anybody else. Only that guy. Mm. Why? They asked Jesus why. And he said, I only do what I see the Father doing, what I hear, what I see. Man, how awesome would it be if we were so in tune and so intimate with God through the power of the Holy Spirit that every place we walk into, we know who God wants us to speak to. I love that story and that part of the story. And it's one of those things that because this whole next, the rest of the chapter really tells one big story. It tells about what happened. Uh, You know, the author Luke, he stops and I love him the most probably for me, out of the gospel writers, because he's so detailed. And my degree's in accounting, so that means I see detail in a lot of stuff. So I love the way Luke tells stories. What I love about what he said there is he talks about what Paul's custom was. Paul never um, forgot about his people. He wanted—he yep. talks about how he wanted the Jewish people to respond to Jesus. But but he also wasn't scared to change his approach if it need be. So he gave him the opportunity, and then the Bible says that he goes over to this other school— and that's a very secular place. Yep. You know, sometimes we we think that God only moves in a church or in a temple or in a moment. And Paul's just like, hey, man, if, if you're resistant to what God's doing here, that's fine, because I can go down to the corner store. I can go to Kroger. I can go wherever, and God will use that wherever I'm at. And so he he just shifts his approach midstream. He goes back, and he begins every day to start having yep. these conversations. We're going to learn, I think, next yep. that, uh, boy, that, that didn't always go as well as he would have hoped, I think. Well, and I also love the fact that verse 10 says— he continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word. Yeah. That word all is not a Greek substitute for a partiality. It is a root word that means all. Mm. All who dwelt in Asia heard the word. Wow. Not all responded but they heard to it. the word, yeah. but they yeah. heard it. Listen, it is not our job to win everybody to Jesus. And listen, I know there's arguments and it can get into semantics, but we are not soul renters. We are voices crying in the midst of the wilderness and those who are hungry for God and who are longing for their identity to be solid and, and to be secure in their identity in Christ will respond. It is not, I'm not a soul winner. I am just a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness. If the greatest prophet of all time says, I am not the Christ, I am not Elijah, I am not the prophet, well, who are you then? I am but a voice crying in the midst of the wilderness. And so many times we're like, I am blessed and I am favored. Mm -hmm. I am this and I am this. And Jesus is the only I am. I am found in what I am not. Y'all need to supply white hankies here (laughs) because I can wave one on everything you're saying. Like John's answer was, I am not. And when he's asked, he's just, I am but a voice. But finish that sentence. 
Prepare. I'm I'm a voice in the wilderness doing what? Preparing the way of the Lord. That's... He wasn't just being a voice, but he was pointing people to Jesus. All right, verse 11. Here we go, folks. It's about to get... I don't think it gets weird. I think it gets awesome. Yeah. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Now, before we get too caught up in Paul... Paul's a guy just like, you know, he's he's human just like the rest of us. He's He wasn't super apostle. He wasn't, you know, a lot of people put the 12 up there as if they're like superhuman and they're the only ones who ever have access to anything of the Lord, any of the deeper things of the Lord. It was only these people. But if you read the entirety of the Word of God, it wipes away that illusion real quick. God is no respecter. Um, yes, there are people who God uses in certain seasons, and it may seem like uh, they are head and shoulders above, but they're not because God has always strayed away with those that thought, uh, strayed away from those who thought they were head and shoulders. Right. And He has used the ones who were not even in the room while mm. it was being chosen. So God works unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. Now, for some of you, and if you're listening to this right now, you may be like, oh, man, I've heard of that before. Somebody puts oil on a handkerchief and they send it to the hospital and that stuff's just weird. Well, this is kind of where they get that from. Mm -hmm. It's not that people are trying to be weird. It's not that they're trying to like, oh, Paul did it. Let me get a little fragrance of Paul on me or anything like that. They're just kind of looking at the word and going, okay, man, if the Holy Spirit moved through Paul like this and God's no respecter of person, and, and my desire isn't for people to know who I am, but my desire is for people to be healed. My, mm -hmm. my desire is for people to be well. I don't want any credit for it. That's where you would get this from. So I want to make that clear. When you when we hear things like this, we do get the illusions of snake handling, right, you know, right. da, da 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 The moment you say the word, you know, Pentecostal, immediately people almost think of like dress code immediately. That's why terminology can be so dangerous, everybody. That's why we need to keep the focus on Jesus. That's right. Keep the focus on Jesus. And so handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, so hence mm -hmm. the exorcism, took it upon themselves. Now, this is key here. Took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Now, here, this is a moment where I want to get serious because you have to be careful with the things of God. You have to be careful with the kingdom of God. Yes. You have to be careful invoking the name of Jesus. Some people think that, oh man, I, you know, I don't believe, I don't, I can just say Jesus and do whatever. Like, no. Like, just because he died on a cross for your sins, just because he was dead, buried, resurrected, doesn't mean you can just invoke his name whenever and wherever you want. There's a certain thing that's going on in the spiritual atmosphere that is a real warfare that we yeah. don't see in real time on the ground. And so the Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves. They don't believe in Jesus. They, yeah. they haven't accepted Christ. They... It, it's not that they don't know about the Holy Spirit. They are rejecting Christ. Right. Took it upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord over those who had evil spirits. And, I, man, I don't know what these guys were thinking about. They were supposed to be really, really smart. But this statement right here shows that maybe that wasn't the case. We exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. They have absolutely exempt themselves in that one statement from using the name of Jesus mm -hmm. because it wasn't personal. 
That's right. They hadn't experienced Jesus. They didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. They had actually rejected him in their hearts and with their minds. There was a total rejection of Jesus. And now they are taking his name to cast out evil. Jesus dealt with this. Why would Beelzebub cast himself out? I was reading a couple of things about this story because I, I just infatuated with it. The first time, I mean, the, the more you read, you're going to get some details. Like I've heard people tell me the Bible's boring. You, you didn't. You must have left this section out. That's right. That's right. Because there's this is this is a great scene in a movie. Yep. What you're about to read, but but I was reading something the other day, just kind of following through and, and looking at some things about Acts chapter 19, and it, it's even possible that these guys were getting paid. Mm-hmm. Like what they were doing is they're going, okay, we're we're going to have this um, exorcism business, okay? And so in my mind, sometimes, you know, I, I didn't always have a frame of faith, so I go all the way back to that old movie, you know, and kids' heads spinning around right, and vomit right. and just really not good stuff. So, But they, they were doing that for a living. Like that's part of and, – and the context of the passage as we continue to read, it, it's going to lend credibility to that because there's a money piece coming up yep. later on in here. And so they're, they're making a living, they're doing this, and, and, and what it seems like from what I read was this. This is so wild to me that they went, well, here's another technique. Sure. You know, we normally use this technique or this technique. Well, man, let's, let's try this Jesus technique. Yep. So this morning early, I mean, mm-hmm. it was super early, and, and, and I was just thinking about it, and I was, I was listening to that scripture again and, and over and over and over, and I had this thought that power really comes from proximity. And here's what I mean by that. So the ability to use the name of Jesus in power is directly to con- connected to how close you are to him individually. And so sometimes I think that's one of the reasons that, that God cautions us so much in the Old Testament to not take his name in vain. Vain doesn't necessarily mean you're using a cuss word. It means you're using it in a way that doesn't bring the proper respect and honor. And so here we are with these guys that are going, I, I'm going to cast you out, but I'm going to do it in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. Well, now I don't have any proximity to that That's right. Jesus. That's right. I don't have a, you said it a minute ago, I don't have a personal relationship. So the inability for that to work when you come upon a real demonic force. Yes. And that's what we're about to see is that maybe there was some, I don't even know how to classify this. Maybe there was some faking going on. Maybe there were some spirits that weren't the, you know, fully empowered by the enemy, but, but they're about to meet somebody that's for real yes. yeah. in the, in the powers of darkness. So yep. take us there. Let's see yeah, where it yeah, goes. Yeah. So, and, and with that, what Dan said with, uh, the Jewish exorcists and being paid and all this other stuff. We know in the culture at that time, there were many things that people did because they were paid. Even people would go to funerals and mourn right. and they would be paid to mourn. Right. They right. weren't mourning someone's death. They were paid to mourn. Mm. And so when you when you when you talk about all of this stuff, and then we even go to Simon the the sorcerer, sure, same thing. Yeah. Can I buy it? Let me buy the anointing. Let me let me purchase that. How well, can I use the name of Jesus as a technique? And to be quite honest with everybody listening and watching, people have done that over the years. And you can look at the 20th century uh, with the advent of television and everything else, and yeah. you can see charlatans, and you can see people invoke the name of Jesus. And listen, that isn't necessarily for us to judge. They will be judged, and right. they will be judged harshly for using the name of Jesus. They will be judged harshly for doing that. But but our thing is, is that when you begin to deal with things like this, and I know it's super serious, but at the same time, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, 
and you're tight mm-hmm. and you're deep and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the demonic does not freak you out. No. Listen, I, I've had more than my share, more than my share. Just the way that God uh, saved us, just the way that God called us, our calling, what we feel like our calling is, we've we've encountered weird, weird, weird stuff, wild mm-hmm. stuff, crazy stuff. We've encountered it other places. We've encountered it right here. We've had I've had phone calls from LSU Hospital. There's a guy here saying that we're trying to give him the mark of the beast, and he's invoking your name. Can you come up here and do something with this guy? Um, I've had I've been called the Antichrist. I've had beer bottles thrown at me, wine bottles thrown at me in a sanctuary. All manner of wild, crazy things. But in the midst of all that, there's nothing to fear. Mm -mm. Like I literally have been in the midst of of invoking the name of Jesus to cast out demons out of people and told everyone else in the building, listen, if you're not right with God, you need to get out of this building right now because of what we're about to read. If you're a dry place, you better get out of here now. Oh, that's just, that's kooky stuff. That's good. No, 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 no. But it's not. <laughs> and if you think about it for a minute, Jesus talks about it a couple of times. One one place he talks about this, I, th- this scripture, when I first read it, I went, okay, I must have read that wrong. But he says, you know, if 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 one man gets delivered from from a demonic force, and, and if he doesn't replace that with something better, then he's going to be worse off at the end worse. than he was at the beginning because because they're coming back. He's bringing friends. Yeah, you know, seven Paul, on the first. Run. Yeah, he's bringing bringing <laughs> friends, and then even in other spots, there's just so many verses that talk about invoking the name of Jesus in, a, in an incorrect way. You talk yep. about him saying to to um, to when he was teaching, he said, "Listen, there's going to be some of you. Matter of fact, there's going to be a lot of you that on that day, you're going to say, Lord, Lord,' and he's going to say, sorry. Yep. I know who you are. Paul told Timothy later on, he said, there is some people that you're going to have this form of godliness. You're going to use the name of Jesus yep. that Paul preaches, Yep. but you're not going to have any power behind because it. Because so, God is still sovereign. Ooh, Man, ooh. we can pray over people and we can do a lot of things by faith, but God is still sovereign. That's right. We're not the—so We're not the. Uh, so many times we pray for a, an expected result, and we are praying oh. improperly. Because a lot of times we pray for an expected result so that it will turn out in our favor and make us more comfortable rather than being the will of God. Mm-hmm. Boy, I'm going to leave it alone. Let's go. All right. Verse 14. Ooh, that's good. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, uh, Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Now this, listen, if you've ever dealt with a demonic and, and the demonic comes back at you like this, you know it. Mm-hmm. You know whether somebody's faking or not, or if it's real, if you have any discernment of the Holy Spirit. Again, that's why the Holy Spirit is so important, so that you can discern the spirits, plural. Yeah. The spirits, plural. Because not every spirit is necessarily demonic. Right. Right? But also, every every spirit, that's why it's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then there's spirits, mm. plural. That's right. Again, not a topic, a person. Right. <laughs> and so the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know Paul, I know him, but who are you? And then something very interesting in verse 16 that that actually Dallas and I were talking about earlier and that uh, he had looked at uh, early on and, and saw it. And then even uh, me, as I've preached it before, pointing this out, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, not the demons. Right. 
The demons spoke to them, but the man leapt on them. Because mm. we kind of think, like we put Hollywood in our brain immediately when we read this, and we see like the spirit come out of the dude in a Casper the Ghost yep. kind of way and jumps on them. And No, this is a dude throwing down. That's right. Like throwing That's right. down. That's right. Now, we know that there are Jewish exorcists, and we know there are seven sons of Sceva, and we know there's a Jewish priest. There's all kind of people there. But this dude is throwing everybody around. Right. And whom the evil spirit was leapt on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. They had clothes on before. The dude was ripping their clothes off. He was throwing them down. I, he, was, he was going wild. And the demon was speaking, and the guy was fighting. And so this isn't some Hollywood thing. Like, this is heavy-duty stuff. That's right. And it wasn't just spiritual. It was physical. Right. And that's why we need to be so careful with the spiritual things. Because the spiritual things, it's not just something out there that may happen to us one day. It's stuff that will happen to us right now. In the physical. Wow. Do we have time for a story? Is it okay for me to tell a very quick story? Yeah, yeah. I'll make it preacher quick. How's that? I'll do better than that. I had a guy one time. We we just we were sending supplies to Mexico, and um, this you know when he when he got ready to go, he was taking stuff for Christmas, and and he was going right across the border, and vehicle broke down like five times on the way. He had problems getting trailers going in, and so even right before he left, I just grabbed him and I said, "Listen, man, I think you're not supposed to go." I, and then started having all these troubles, but he was just insistent, man. God told me to do this. I got to go. And when he came back, he was different. Yeah. Something was wrong. And then he lived another six or seven years, and he lived in this state of depression and total defeat. Like he went from being this powerful, victorious man of God to total depression and defeat. And so I couldn't figure it out. So I went back to the guys. I, I, the only thing I could point to was that trip to Mexico. What happened there? So I went to some of the people that went to him. And I said, man, just walk me through every day what happened. And this is the story they told consistently. There was a lady that he believed was demon-possessed, and he went to her. Now, now think about this. He went to her and said, can I pray with you? And she said, no, I don't want prayer. And he prayed anyway. Yeah. So even trying to do what God wanted him to do because the— he wasn't aware. He yep. probably was aware that the woman was demon possessed. But when she said no, she, he did not have her permission to engage. And I'm firmly convinced that in that moment, the demonic force was more powerful than he was. And because yep. he was not in the proper spot, didn't give the proper respect to where they were, it it changed his life forever. And we even talked about this a few weeks ago with Mike. Uh, he had talked about being in this convention center. It was a witch's like convention or whatever. And him and a couple of his dudes went and uh, these guys were big kind of power team kind of guys yeah. that went with him. And, and he goes, but the witch gave him an invitation. Right. She gave an invitation for him to pray mm. for her. And it turned out different than what you're That's talking right. about. She was exposed in front of everybody of the power of God not the power of the enemy. Mm -hmm. And those guys walked out of that place like, man, who are these? Like, what just happened? And and so when you're dealing with things in the spirit, you have got to be so in tune you with God. You better know, man. That's right. You, you better, better know. know. And if you don't know, walk away. Absolutely. Walk away. No shame in living to fight another day. That's right. And not leaving the room naked and wounded. That's right. No because shame. again, it doesn't say... It doesn't say that they cast the demons out of this guy. That's right. It never says it. 
It says, This became known to both all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all of them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a natural fear. It was a supernatural fear, an awe, a reverence of the power of God. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together, burned them in the sight of all. So it wasn't like the old days of youth ministry and they bring out the garbage cans and they're like, hey, bring everything in your bedroom and let's burn it all. We're going to have a we're going to have a burning service, you know, and then we're going to nail all of your three by five cards to the cross. We're going to burn all your magazines and your video games and we're going to torch it all. Nobody had to tell them to do it. Yeah. I think one of the reasons we have falsely, we have given people a false gospel in deliverance because we have forced the issue rather than it being Holy Spirit conviction to draw them to deliverance. That is so good. And how many false converts and false freedoms have we called out and even give numbers to them Mm -hmm. when we did not see the fruit of it? That's right. These people weren't called to burn all their books. The Holy Spirit was moving and convicting, and they were bringing all of it. And it says, counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Bring that to even about maybe 2018, and that was like $5 million. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about $5 million. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. The word of the Lord. That's right. Not the works of the Lord, Mm. the word of the Lord. They were moved by the works of God. But they were strengthened and deepened through the word of the Lord. Mm. You can't live your life on miracles and healings, y'all. That's right. You need the word of God. Absolutely. Because if you live in that sign-oriented lifestyle, you're going to try to invoke the name of Jesus one day, and you're not going to have the depth of word to, to bring it to fruition. I think that probably deserves more than we can unpack today. Oh, absolutely. Because the, the idea that, that they saw the demonic win— and it, God even used that to turn them toward Christ because I think they may have gotten a revelation of how powerful the power was yep. they were dealing with. And we're like, man, I don't, that's not what I signed up for here. And I can't it, just invoke the name of Jesus without proximity, without relationship. Ooh, boy, there it is. There's good stuff in there. All right, so we got the exorcism, now the riot. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia that to go to Jerusalem saying, after mm-hmm. I've been there, I must also see Rome. So he went into Macedonia, two of those who ministered to them, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time, there arose a great commotion about the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, the silversmith who had made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. So now we're in the marketplace. Now we're talking about finances. We're talking about economy. And I've said this a million times, and I'll continue to say it. If we really want healing, I mean talking about citywide revival healing. We better be ready for the economic impact. That's right. Because if you want everybody in a hospital to be healed, that hospital is going to be empty. Somebody owns that hospital. Nurses work at that hospital. Doctors work at that hospital. Janitors work at that hospital. So when we say, man, I want everybody healed, we need to understand the impact of a miracle. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? The dude wanted to be healed physically, but that's not what Jesus was asking Do you want everything that comes with being healed? Right. Because nobody's going to bring you and lay Mm. you at this pool anymore. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you anymore. You might have to get a job. You might have to become a productive member of society. Do you want to be healed? Do you want the responsibility? I'm willing to do this in your life. Yep. 
But do you want to carry yep. what that means from this point You forward? want the miracle, but do you want the responsibility? Mm. That's a good word right there. That is a good word. Somebody so, ought to tweet that so right now. He, he called them together with the work uh, workers of similar occupations. So now he's gathering the business owners, and he's fixing to bring a riot. Right. Men, this, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. So he's calling on their needs, right. their, their livelihood. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger, now here's a whole, he's going to the whole economy now. Right. But also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia around the world worship. Now, Paul's not saying any of that. He's not saying any of that about Diana. He's preaching Jesus. That's it. That's all he's preaching. So when they heard this, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is the Diana, Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Listen, when, when God starts moving in a, in a marketplace, when God starts moving in a nation, when he starts moving in a city, it's not always going to bring peace. It's not always going to bring uh, clarity. A lot of times it's going to bring division. It's going to bring confusion. But out of that will come some. Mm -hmm. We're after all, and we've got it wrong. God is after all. We need to be after some. We get, we get depressed and discouraged when we don't get all mm. and we forget that's not the end result we're after. It's true. We're after the one. That's true. Like we, it, pastors do it all the time, y'all. And I've talked about this before. Man, you give what you think is the greatest, most anointed message you've ever mm. had in your life and you tried to do it with humility and you think that God's going to blow the place apart and everybody's going to come to the altar and no one comes. It's crickets. Right. And you walk off that platform or you walk away from that message and you feel like a failure and you're in the darkness of depression and you're in the cave with Elijah and you want to die and you think you're the only one serving the Lord. And God comes and says, what are you doing here? You're not the only one. How, how prideful and arrogant are you to think you're the only one, seriously? And you don't think I can't just move in somebody's heart? They may not have moved out of that chair, but their life may never be the same again because mm. I did the work, not you. Whew. You gave the word, I will do the work. That's a good word right there. And so what Paul has done is Paul has given the word, and he's not thinking, okay, everybody. He's moved on. Like, we've, we've journeyed through several different cities already just right here. He's moving on. He stayed with some six months. He stayed with some two years. He stayed with some eight minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he's just, he's just moving through it. And so now there's confusion in this town, verse 33, and they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward, and Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out he was a Jew, all with one voice cried for about two hours, great as Diana of the Ephesians. You want to talk about demonic? Like they're crying out, almost like the demoniac up in the mountain. They're crying out to Diana. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, now listen, <laughs> This is where that whole super apostle thing gets just torn down. 
Right. Because this is not one of the apostles. This is not one of the disciples. This is not even one of the ones in the way. This is a city clerk. Those of you who are out there that, man, you're just working jobs and you're just doing it. Let me tell you something. God will use your voice. Yes, he will. God will use you in a powerful way. The city clerk quieted, said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana and the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of the temples nor blasphemers of the goddess. These guys are not breaking the law. Like they're not, they're not, they're not blaspheming Diana. They're just saying Jesus. That's it. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen, this city clerk calling out Demetrius and these, these tradesmen, yeah. he's calling them out. He's, I mean, he's laying down the gauntlet. And this is not one of the people in the way. <laughs> it's just a city clerk. And he says, if you have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are pro counsels for that. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have another inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar, there being no reason which may be give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, they dismissed the assembly. The, the economic people, they get mad. They're in an uproar. They go to the legal people, and they're like, listen, you need to take care of these people. And the legal people are like, look, if you don't stop this, you're going to bring reproach on us. Right. And the people, the voters— will think that we did it, and then we're going to lose our power. What's so awesome about the Holy Spirit power is he will invoke the greed and the pride inside people to maintain power, to make a decision that will make a way for the Holy Spirit power to be released. And they don't even realize and it. And they don't even they realize no it. No how idea. many boardrooms and how many things has God used to, to bless the people of God and to advance his kingdom, and we don't even know it happened? That's exactly right. And my my thought reading that was, you know, in obviously 2020 and 2021, people started using – I got so tired of hearing the word unprecedented because I'm like, that's, <laughs> right. first off, there's virtually nothing unprecedented, right. but that's a story for a different day. But you, you're hearing, oh, well, this has never happened and that's never happened. I'm like, dude, pick the book up. Yep. Because if you go back, there, that's not the first time you've ever seen a racial tension in a, in a society. That's right. You can go all the way back to, to the children of Israel going into captivity, and God says, hey, it's because you don't treat each other the way I want you to. So there, those situations are there. And here we are again in the middle of a political climate yep. where one person—and listen, they're not saying that he didn't do Paul harm. Paul even says later on in one of his letters, he says, he talks, he calls him out, Demetrius the silversmith has done me great harm. Yep. He said that. So he had he had done harm in the midst of that. But Paul, I think the other thing that I, I find really unique about this situation, that whole last section you read, you had one Jewish guy that was going to stand up and, and, and defend. They didn't allow him to do that. But Paul didn't say a word. Nope. People don't say anything. And I think sometimes we get in this spot where we go, well, i got to defend God. Nope. Well, I'm pretty sure that God does and he can handle himself. Well, is and what the I'm fact that Paul didn't even come in. He didn't show up. It wasn't worth his time. No, he didn't even go in. And it was one of those things of discernment of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's a time to speak. And there's a time to be silent. And sometimes mm -hmm. silence is speaking louder than words I don't even say. see myself as a defender of the faith. Why do I have to defend the faith? The gospel stands on its own. I had a, had a conversation the other day with somebody who said, tell me about, about being a preacher. 
And I said, okay, <laughs> here's what it means. I get up every day. I put my pants on one leg at a time. I do my best to do what God wants me to do that day. Some days it works pretty well. Other days, not so much. You get it wrong? <laughs> yeah, a yep. whole lot. Yep. And so what do you do when you get it wrong? Well, I just start over the next day. And so I think sometimes we, we, we for lack of a better term, we'll believe our own press and go, well, we're the defender of everything that's good and holy and righteous. And sometimes I heard somebody say this the other day. I think it's a guy named Adam Grant that I follow on Twitter. He's not not a follower of the way either. And and he said this. He said we're we're dying on mountains that I'm not even sure we should have climbed. And I thought, man, for a guy that doesn't even have the frame of faith to to put that in to understand how wise that is. Yep. That we're going, man, I'm going to die on this mountain. And it's like, dude, Jesus is over here on another mountain. But it also doesn't excuse you from speaking up. And that's another thing is True that story. so many times we'll use that as an excuse to go, ah, you know, maybe it's not worth it. That's what discernment of the Holy Spirit exactly is all about right. because God has given us a voice. Yeah, God has given us a voice to speak truth and to speak life and to speak Jesus. In the moments when he leads us to. And it's yes. why that proximity, the closeness, the personal you talked about, this whole chapter to me is a Holy Spirit comes at the beginning. Why? Because they're, they're, we just want what, what you've got for us, God, I want that. Paul engages in specific moments in specific ways, and it's, it's, it's all about the Holy Spirit in this chapter going, listen, if, if you're close, I'll guide you through all of this. Yep. I'll show you when to speak. I'll show you when to be silent. And in the end, I'll get the credit. And, and everything we have read line by line, you've got the synagogue, the temple, you've got teaching, you've got preaching, you got miracles, you got healings, you got praying for people, you got the marketplace, mm-hmm. you got um, you've got business owners, you've got government, you've got all of that in one chapter. All of it happening in one chapter. In real time, that is our life. It is. Our life. Absolutely. As his is custom, he went to the synagogue. Yeah. As was the custom of Jesus, he went to synagogue. As should be our custom, we need to gather. Right. Sure. We need to come together as the body of Christ. And then be equipped and then go out to the marketplace. And sometimes all that's going to be is just living your life for Jesus. And not everybody's going to go, oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. That's, that's great. Right. There's going to be a Demetrius that's going to be like, whoa, wait a second. They're costing me money. Yeah. They're costing me money. Because let me tell you something. When you start casting out devils, when you start prophesying to people, especially when you do it in like open marketplaces, and I don't have time to get into this with India, and but I, I prophesied to a to – a, um, to a Muslim in India, and I spoke words to him that his grandmother had told him when he was seven years old, mm. verbatim, freaked him out. And then I gave him my watch. I just felt like the Lord wanted me to give him his watch. Give him my watch. He was on a bus before he got there to to run his scarf shop, and he sat his watch down, and somebody stole it. And he said, "God, if you're real, you'll give me my watch back." Mm. Well, I gave him a watch that was ten times more than what he had. And said to him what his grandmother had said to him. And there was a tarot card reader over here to the side while all this was going on. And the commotion came and all these people came up and this tarot card reader threw his table upside down. He threw his stuff everywhere. He was yelling at me and cussing me and all this other stuff. But people had come around and there was a commotion. What I was doing was simply obeying what the Lord told me to do. Yeah. But it didn't bring a ton of peace. It brought a commotion. Yeah. Because I invoked the name Jesus, but I had proximity to invoke the name Jesus. And the scarf owner, 
his life was never the same after that. Yeah, yeah. It's a reason. And, and I think it points us back to what Jesus said. Do not think that I have come to bring peace. Nope. Do not think. And I think sometimes we read stuff like that and we go, man, you, you must not have been thinking when you said that, Jesus. But when you look at all these stories, and, and again, because we have the benefit of hindsight, we can read this story in Acts 19, and we can go back to Jesus' word. And he says, I, I've come to bring division. Yep. I'm going to call out the stuff that's not what it's supposed to be. Let me use you to do that. And so I just think it all it all just fits together and makes sense. And so when we chop it up, to use yep. your phrase, yep. man, what that does is it just makes it, for me, I know today, man, I could do this all day, all day and all night. We could stay here <laughs> till tomorrow night if you want to. But the reality is, man, what I've gained from this and listening, it's just, man, it matters so much. It's such a big deal today. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me be a part today. It was so much fun. Yeah, thanks for so being fun. a part of it today. Hey, listen, we've went through 40-something verses in about an hour, maybe a little less than an hour. And uh, I'm telling you, we could have went a whole lot longer. But one of the things that we don't want to do is we don't want these to be sound bites. It's a midweek move. That means we're going deeper. We don't want it to just be a sound bite to make you feel better for a couple of minutes or 140 characters. We do want to take a deep dive and sink into the scripture and also for you guys now to take what we've just done go a little bit deeper yourself there's tons more in that chapter yeah. that we didn't even touch on and uh, so again thank you guys for welcoming us to wherever you guys are and if you've been listening watching uh, whatever format you've been in thank you guys so much we hope this is encouraging to you we hope it's challenging to you and we hope that you dig in uh, and lean in lean into the Lord and remember this, listen, be who God created you to be, mm -hmm. know what God is saying, and then do what God says. And it really is that easy, guys. It's not easy to live out, yeah. but it is that simple. And if you will just walk in your identity and have a relationship, then you will redeem the purpose that God has for your life. So again, we love you guys. Thanks for joining us for the Midweek Move, and we'll see you next time.